your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 655 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music, and it's great to be back. I had a mini vacation there, took a week off for the first time pretty much ever in the history of Locked On New York Rangers, and uh, feeling refreshed and ready to talk some Ranger hockey. And what better place to start than with the uh, recently concluded World Juniors? The Rangers had seven different prospects playing in this tournament, and a lot of them really did a nice job. Three of them, in fact, won a gold medal with Team Canada. And I think we got to start right there. To begin with, we got to talk about just this tournament in general, and we got to start by giving some props to Canada. Of course, the tournament champions, they won in the gold medal game, 3-2 to two in overtime against Finland. Just an absolutely uh, crazy game. But with Canada's win, that also means that three New York Ranger prospects, Brandon Hoffman, Will Cooley, and Dylan Garand are all now gold medalists. So a big congratulations to those three players. I would imagine we'll be seeing all three of them at Rangers training camp. And we're also going to get to their individual performances in this episode in due time. Uh, but first, like I said, just a couple general thoughts about the tournament itself. For starters, I think we have to begin with the play that pretty much had everybody buzzing after it happened, as it happened. Just, just crazy stuff uh, between Canada and Finland in the gold medal game. If you missed this tournament, uh, you know, you missed out because there was some great hockey. Uh, I didn't get to see every minute of every single game, but I tried to catch as much of it as I possibly could. And of course, to kind of set the stage for this play that I'm talking about here, uh, to begin with, once again, it's the gold medal game between Canada and Finland. Canada leads two to nothing going into the third period. They, of course, have, you know, the home ice advantage because this entire tournament is contested in Edmonton. But it's in overtime after Finland, you know, rallied from a two-goal hole in the third period to force it into overtime. They skate three aside in overtime in the World Juniors. So obviously a lot of real estate out there, a lot of open ice. And Finland is buzzing in the offensive zone. And this shot is basically going into the net. Got got behind Dylan Garand, who was in net for Canada, obviously a Ranger prospect, but it's going right into the net. There's no way that this game is not over at this point. Were it not for just a ridiculous play by Mason McTavish, just absolutely unreal. He reaches out with his stick on the backhand, bats the puck out of the air, and basically knocks it straight down to the ice. And it pretty much landed, you know, right on the goal line or maybe like a half inch in front of the goal line. It could have bounced any which way, but it kind of just stuck there. You know, it didn't really bounce one direction or the other. And then McTavish is able to clear it out of the crease, literally saving Canada by maybe an inch. If that puck goes an inch farther, it's in the net. Finland, excuse me, are the gold medalists. Instead, the play continues. And uh, maybe like, I don't know, two or three minutes later, it's hard to remember because it was just so chaotic. But two or three minutes later, I believe it was, uh, Canada scores the game-winning goal. They have a rush into the zone, and uh, Kent Johnson gets a, an opportunity from in deep. The save is made, but he buries his own rebound. And just like that, Canada wins the gold. And at this point, you know, obviously going into the tournament, I'm rooting for the United States. But by the time it gets to a situation like this where you know, the United States got knocked out, an upset loss to Czechia in the quarterfinals. At this point, whichever team has the most Ranger prospects remaining, 
that's the team that I'm going to root for. And that's kind of what I did here. You know, obviously, as we mentioned, uh, the uh, Canadian team had Brian Othman, had Will Cooley, had Dylan Garan, and all three of them uh, played pretty big roles as far as, you know, helping Canada win this gold medal here. So that was obviously great to see. As far as, you know, some other Ranger prospects that participated in this tournament, you also had Yaroslav Schmeller, Kali Vizanen, who was on Finland in this silver medal game here. You had Adam Sakura, and you also had Brett Berard. And something else that I got to mention real quick here, uh, Schmeller, Cooley, Sakura, and Berard were all called for five-minute major penalties in this tournament, which is hard to believe that one team could have four prospects in such a short, you know, tournament. You know, even the team that wins the gold medal is only playing seven games. Uh, you could have that many players, you know, take a five-minute major penalty. But, I, you know, I saw all the plays, and I don't think any of them were unwarranted. Uh, the Brett Berard play was especially bad. He basically just slew-footed somebody from behind when the United States was playing Czechia. Terrible time in the game to do it as well. You know, United States was down by a couple of goals at that time. I believe it was into the third period. And you just can't do that for a lot of different reasons. And you just hope Brett Berard, who... One goal with the United States during the last tournament learns his lesson from that and does not become that kind of a player because that was a really bad play. And Yaroslav Treller, it was actually some Ranger on Ranger crime. The guy that he hit was actually Brian Othman of Team Canada. So uh, unfortunate that, you know, so many Rangers took five-minute major penalties in this game, but you hope that it's just kind of a, you know, the exception rather than the rule. I mean, I certainly wouldn't label any of these players as dirty players based off of one incident, but you don't want to see anything like that going forward, especially the Brett Berard play. There's no excuse for something like that. Uh, just a garbage play, slew-footing somebody from behind, completely away from the play, and hurting your team on top of that. You know, taking a five-minute major penalty when you're trying to rally against this pesky team that, you know, you just can't quite seem to solve uh, for one reason or the other. But, you know, Given that Canada once again won the gold medal, we're going to talk about some individual performances in this tournament as far as Ranger prospects are concerned. And to be fair, you know, we got to start with the gold medalists. We got to talk about Offen, we got to talk about Cooley, and we got to talk about uh, Dylan Garand as well. We will do all of that in just a second. But first, an important message from NHTSA. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby, you can make it home okay, it's no big deal. What are the odds you're going to get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, just wanted to thank you guys once again for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so as promised, let's go ahead and kind of hone in on the three gold medalists who just obviously won gold with Team Canada. And we'll start with Brandon Othman. You know, Brandon Othman, he is really going to give the Rangers something to think about, you know, going into this upcoming season here. To begin with, in the World Juniors, uh, he ends up skating in six games. He scores two goals, dishes out four assists as well. He was a plus four during the tournament. And the reason I say that he's going to give the Rangers something to think about is because he, to me, looks pretty much NHL ready. Now, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here. He is still just 19 years old, and I realize, you know, this tournament is a bunch of teenagers, and it's not the NHL. I get it. But really, 
you look at Brian Othman, you look at what he did last year for the OHL's Flint Firebirds, what else does he have left to do as far as junior hockey is concerned? Yeah, of course, you know, he could go back to the Firebirds for one more season, but he completely dominated that league with 97 points in 66 games this past season. And my understanding when it comes to Brian Othman is that it's either the NHL or the OHL as far as this upcoming season is concerned. If he does not make the Rangers, then he will head back to the Flint Firebirds of the OHL. He is not eligible to play for the Hartford Wolfpack. But if he shows up in training camp and continues to impress and continues to pick up pretty much right where he left off here in the World Juniors, then the Rangers are going to have a heck of a decision on their hands. You know, do you just kind of roll the dice and try to catch lightning in a bottle? Uh, I should also mention, uh, before I forget about this, he was scratched for one of the preliminary games due to taking two minor penalties in an exhibition game. But I don't think there's too much to read into there. Obviously, he got back out there. Canada knew it wasn't going to like be eliminated in the preliminaries. He got back out there, did his thing, and had a really nice tournament for himself. Played ridiculously physical as well. If you get a chance, uh, go follow the uh, the show's Twitter handle, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Earlier today, I retweeted a video of some of Brandon Offman's biggest hits from this tournament. This guy is an absolute just steamroller. I mean, he just lays people out, does it clean, and uh, just brings a really physical presence to go along with uh, some pretty apparent offensive skills as well. And by all accounts, a very good defensive forward as well. Just looks like the total package and a great first first round pick by Chris Jury as the Rangers general manager. And here's something else I want to throw out there. You know, Offman, former first round pick, as I just mentioned, you might hear that and think like, okay, well, you know, we don't want him to be on the Rangers just playing fourth line minutes and not really getting a chance. You know, somebody that's taken in the first round, you want to at least get them into a top nine role. And typically you're correct about that. But with Othman, he wouldn't really be that out of place if he played on the fourth line the first handful of games in his NHL career. They could start him there because, as I just mentioned, this guy is an absolute truck out there. You know, good defensive forward, somebody that uh, will just, you know, lay you out. He does have kind of that snarl and that edge to his game that would translate well to a fourth line role. Whereas somebody like Capo Caco, I don't want to see him anywhere near the fourth line. He's got to be in a top nine role no matter what. But Brandon Othman, you can start him on the fourth line. And then, you know, if he has success there and you like what you see from him as the coach and uh, often begins to earn the trust of Gerard Gallant and the coaching staff, then he can kind of work his way up the lineup as the season progresses. But to start him on the fourth line, it's not something you want to do with all former first-round picks, but Brandon Offman, I, I think he'd be right at home there, and that might not even be a bad way to get him used to the NHL. If he actually makes the Rangers coming into this season, then by all means, start him on the fourth line, limit his minutes in the early going, and then just kind of set the stage for him to climb the, climb the depth chart Excuse me, uh, in due time. So those are my thoughts on Brandon Offman. We will go ahead and turn our attention to Will Cooley. Will Cooley skated in seven games, all seven games, for Team Canada, had two goals and two assists. He was also a plus four in the tournament, which is impressive considering he didn't play as much as some of the other guys, and yet still when he was out there, he was delivering and, and producing in one way or another. But he's another player that could really end up having a shot to make the opening night roster, also known for his physicality, is Will Cooley. And unlike Brandon Offman, Will Cooley is actually eligible to begin this season with the Hartford Wolfpack, and I think that seems fairly likely. There might be a situation where maybe Cooley doesn't make the opening night roster, but, you know, he ends up starting off with the Hartford Wolfpack, and maybe he's the first guy that the Rangers call if they need a jolt or if somebody gets injured, whatever the situation might be. Uh, something else that I want to mention real quick here, as it pertains to both Cooley and Brandon Offman, I also think that their chances of making this opening night roster— they definitely increase if the Rangers do what 
most people, I think, expect them to do, and that is to trade Julian Gauthier before the start of the season. I realize, you know, it's getting kind of late in the game here. We've got training camp just around the corner, but Julian Gauthier has requested a trade, and I just don't know where exactly he fits at this point. He's had his opportunities, hasn't really worked. The Rangers aren't going to get a whole lot back for him, you know, maybe like a mid to late round pick, but I could see them kind of Moving on from Julian Gauthier, trading him, and then that potentially opens up the door for a Will Cooley or a Brian Hoffman to claim an opening night roster spot. Only time will tell there, but that is definitely something to keep an eye on. And we're going to turn our attention to Dylan Garan, who is absolutely fantastic, undefeated throughout this tournament while playing between the pipes for Team Canada. We will get to him in just a second. All right, as I mentioned, going to turn our attention now to Dylan Garan, who is absolutely outstanding for Canada throughout this tournament. Once again, he goes 6-0. and Throughout the entire tournament, that includes both the preliminary round as well as the knockout round. He also posted a goals against average of 1.98 and a 9.25 save percentage. You know, it's interesting because the day of the quarterfinals, what they do is it's basically a quadruple header. It's just one game after the next on NHL Network, and obviously they're on at kind of weird times. It's the middle of the week, and I was doing my best to keep an eye on some of these games and, uh, again, catch as much of them as I possibly could. I didn't end up watching all four games back to back to back to back. I know I, I got to do better. I got to watch all four in the future. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, Garand, you know, what I saw from this game, uh, this was actually maybe his weakest game of the entire tournament against Switzerland. There were times where he just looked a little bit shaky, but be that as it may, he still did a really nice job. They end up posting a 6-3 to win, and he stops 23 of 26 shots, made the saves when he needed to. Canada then goes on to beat Czechia 5-2 in the semifinals, and in that game, Garan stopped 30 of 32 shots. And then in the gold medal game, he once again comes up big for his team, stops 29 of 31 shots. So for the entire a knockout round of the tournament. Garand stopped 82 of 89 shots. That is a save percentage of 921. Did it with, you know, all the pressure on him. You know, Canada and the United States always enter this tournament as the two big favorites. U.S. got knocked out pretty early. And obviously that leaves Canada as, you know, it's basically their gold medal to lose. And they're at home too. And there's a lot of people uh, attending this game. A lot of people who, you know, are really into these games. It wasn't necessarily the most uh, or excuse me, the best attended tournament that we've ever seen for the World Juniors, but more people were filling the building as it went on. I believe there were more than 13,000 in the arena for the uh, gold medal game, and Dylan Garan coming up clutch and uh, getting the job done, and he's now a gold medalist, and his team won the gold medal, thanks in large part to his performance in this tournament. And I think we're going to see Dylan Garan on the New York Rangers sooner or later. I don't think it'll happen for this upcoming season, you know, that's why Yaroslav Halak is there. He's on a one-year deal, and he'll back up Igor Shesterkin. The Rangers also signed Louis Domingue, who you got to figure is going to begin the season in the AHL. Uh, Domingue is there on a two-year deal. But I would think maybe, you know, after this season, if Yaroslav Halak leaves in free agency, you could see a situation where Garan gets a chance to claim that backup goalie job. This is somebody that has put up strong numbers no matter where he's played. That now includes this World Juniors tournament in which he was very, very good for Team Canada and is now a gold medalist uh, because of it. So uh, like what I'm seeing from Dylan Garan, former fourth round pick and as we know, the Rangers, they seem to strike gold uh, any time that they can, uh, you know, choose a goalie in the mid to late rounds or even find an undrafted goalie. They seem to do very, very well with that. So uh, nice job by Dylan Garan. And again, one of the key, key reasons why Team Canada uh, comes away with the gold here. And then we'll go ahead and we'll just kind of run through the gauntlet as far as the other players that represent the New York Rangers in this tournament played for teams other than Canada. And I think it's only fair if we start with Kelly Vizenin, a former fourth round pick by the New York Rangers back in 2021. He represented Team Finland, uh, skated in seven games for them, scored one goal and one assist, was also a plus one. 
And, you know, one thing I noticed in the gold medal game, he was out there quite a bit. He got a lot of ice time for Team Finland and was out there in the overtime period. And somebody who, you know, he doesn't have as much buzz as some other uh, Ranger prospects might at this time. But be that as it may, this is somebody who he'll get his chance just like everybody else does. The Rangers have shown that, you know, you can climb the ranks fairly quickly, regardless of your draft position, if you play well. So uh, we'll keep our eye on Cali Vizen and going forward. And once again, he comes away with a silver medal in this tournament. We've also got Adam Sakura, who represented Slovakia in the tournament, skated in four games, had a goal, was also a minus four in Slovakia. Unfortunately for Adam Sakura, was eliminated in the preliminary round. He was also an alternate captain for that team. And Sakura, once again, for anybody who needs a refresher, was the Rangers' first pick in this past year's draft. They did not have a first round pick, but they took Sakura in the second round. And, uh, you know, it seems to be something that is thought of as a little bit of a steal of a pick. I don't think too many people thought Sakura was still going to be there. So uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. I don't think he's any threat to crack the Rangers opening night roster this upcoming season, but uh, somebody that the Rangers are high on and they'll keep an eye on uh, going forward as we will here on this podcast as well. We've also got Yaroslav Schmeller. He represented Slovakia in this tournament, former fifth round pick by the New York Rangers back in 2021. And in three games in this tournament, he scored one goal and was a plus two. And the reason he skated in only three games is because he sustained an injury fairly early in this tournament in the uh, preliminary round games against Canada. So unfortunate for Schmeller that he didn't get to be part of that big upset against the United States, didn't get to play in the bronze medal game either. Uh, again, just unfortunate, but uh, Schmeller obviously representing the Rangers at this tournament. And then finally, we have Brett Berard, who represented the United States for the second straight World Juniors. And this time around, obviously, didn't get the results that he got the first time, which saw him uh, really play a big role for the United States and helping them win a gold back in the 2020-2021 uh, iteration of this tournament. Skated in seven games back then, had a goal and four assists, and was just a very persistent player. Uh, this time, five games for Berard, uh, one goal, no assists, and uh, the aforementioned slew footing incident, which was not good at all, uh, resulted in him getting a five-minute major. That occurred against Czechia in the quarterfinals, and a very disappointing uh, tournament result for the United States. Obviously, they're always one of the favorites to you know, pretty much go all the way and, and certainly contend for a gold medal. They instead lose to Czechia, which won just one of its four preliminary round games. The United States was undefeated in the preliminary rounds, and I believe they outscored their opponents by like 22 to 4 or something like that. But that's one of those games where, you know, Czechia just kind of played mistake-free hockey. They kind of... uh leaned on their size advantage a little bit, just played a very simple game and frustrated the U.S. and knocked them out of the tournament. So it's unfortunate for Brett Berard that he didn't have another, uh, you know, lengthy run in this tournament. But uh, somebody that is known as kind of a scrappy player, the Rangers took him in the fifth round back in 2020. And we'll see if he ever makes it to the Rangers. I mean, that could probably go either way. But uh, somebody that, you know, plays the game with a lot of energy, a lot of intensity, uh, despite not necessarily being the biggest guy out there. So Berard is somebody who, you know, despite the slew footing incident in this tournament, I still think he has a chance to eventually become a very popular member of the New York Rangers among the fan base if he ends up making it to the NHL. And only time's going to tell there. Something we'll definitely keep our eye on. And we'll see. We'll check back every now and then, see how these prospects are doing. You know, it's always fun to, in the middle of a season, check in with guys who are playing uh, in this junior league or in that junior league or with this college or whatever it might be, the Wolfpack. Always good to check in from time to time. And that's something that we'll continue to do on this podcast going forward. Uh, the only other thing that I want to mention for today is that Tyler Mott is still a free agent. So I suppose never say never. 
I think the odds are still against it, but I'm just going to keep mentioning that in every episode until the Rangers either bring him back or he signs elsewhere. In our next episode, this one was actually already recorded. I did this episode and tomorrow's episode kind of in reverse order because I knew I wanted to uh, talk about the World Juniors in this episode. And so I recorded tomorrow's episode a little bit ahead of time because the World Juniors were not over yet. But in tomorrow's episode, basically what we're going to do is we're going to bring back our off-season series. I believe we've done this every single season since Locked On New York Rangers has existed, where we take a look at the best and worst case scenarios for every single player on the New York Rangers. And we begin tomorrow with what I think could be the Rangers' top line heading into the season, at least on opening night. I think that top line will be Kreider, Mika, and Lafreniere. So we point the spotlight at those three players in our next episode and just discuss, once again, the best and worst case scenarios for all three of those players uh, heading into this season that is forthcoming for the Rangers. So definitely looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, just want to thank you guys, as always, for tuning into the Locked On New York Rangers podcast, your team every day. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is locked on nyrangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked on NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast.